How old were you when you moved to LA? When I moved to LA? Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to say because I didn't really like up and move. I stayed in New York while I kind of moved to LA. My philosophy was that I would only go to LA when they came and got me. And uh, they did, but I kept my place in New York. And I went back and forth for like 12 years. And uh, I just shut down New York maybe three years ago. So technically, I moved to L.A. (laughs) when I was like 42. (laughs) But I've been coming here for 12 years before that. So there wasn't like I got packed my stuff and said, I'm out of here, New York. I didn't buy into that idea. Did you know anyone here when you moved? Yes, I knew um, I knew my friends Jen and Pete. <laughs> and uh, actually, on the very first trip, I stayed on, on your couch. I stayed on their couch, and uh, I had to um, I had a TV show. I had a pilot that I was doing for NBC, and I had to meet with writers. So I would sleep on their couch, and then I would walk down to a coffee shop and hold my meetings with writers. <laughs> These writers would just come and I'd sit in the coffee shop and that was my office. Yeah, so I knew them. I knew a couple other people, but they were the main, they were definitely the main people. Mm-hmm. Where did you live when you first moved to L.A.? What part of L.A.? Uh, in the Valley. I lived in Studio City in an apartment, nice apartment complex behind the Ralphs, which I didn't realize was a good move at the time, but it really was good. And because um, I had a deal with uh, Warner Brothers. So I just want to live close to Warner Brothers. What was your first job in L.A.? My first job in L.A. was uh, was a pilot. I had a pilot for um, for NBC. I did a spot on Conan, and off of that off of that stand up set, they came and got me to um, pitch a pilot, and uh, I came out and then did it with Warner Brothers and NBC. So uh, that was my first gig. And what was your initial impression of LA when you when you came for the first time? I was uh, I was excited. I was very excited because I wasn't coming out here with nothing. So I was just like, "Oh, this is so easy! I just have a TV show, and I'll just uh, I'll just live here." And I, I got in the car <laughs> and I drove around. I drove everywhere. I just had a rental car and I drove like one night. I went like Beverly Hills and Santa Monica. I just drove everywhere and didn't realize because it was nighttime that uh, it wasn't going to be so easy to move around like that. I'm like, oh, it's so great. You go to the beach in 10 minutes, and then you come back and you're in Beverly Hills five minutes after that. And then after a week of being here, you're like, oh, I can't go to Santa Monica unless I have two days off (laughs) from from the valley. And how many years of of living here, being back and forth before it started to kind of feel like home to you, would you say? Um... I don't know if it really feels like home yet. Mm-hmm. Interesting. After 12 years of... Yeah. 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 I don't think so. Uh, it's It feels like a home, mm-hmm. you know, and I've got my family, so it's like... And I like it. I like the weather. I like the... I like being around show business. I like all of it. I like the stand-up scene. I, there's a lot of things I really like, but, you know, I come from the East Coast, and I... My rhythm is more with those people than it is out here. Mm-hmm. If you had to sum up L.A. in one word, what would it be? Uh, 
schizophrenic. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> talking to Tom Papa. We're yes. so excited um, to have Tom on the show. Yay! Yay. Welcome! <laughs> Tom is an actor, a comic, producer, a host, a writer, um, and for reasons I'm not totally clear on, he's asked me to say a baker. Did I ask you to say that? No, but I know. It I is knew, true. I knew you would want I, me to I say would that. want. I was waiting for it. <laughs> I was wondering why it wasn't second or third. <laughs> um we'll get to we'll get to that yeah um i want to hear more about you might (laughs) you might know tom from his stand-up specials on comedy central um you might know him as the host of the very popular radio show come to papa tom also hosted the show the marriage ref he's been in many films many tv shows including his own shows you might know him from one of his many performances on the late night shows uh letterman conan jimmy kimmel the list goes on on. the list goes on (laughs) If you don't know him from any of those things, I really, I don't think we, we can help you. We have nothing yeah. to say to you. How much more do I have to do? <laughs> um, so, Tom, thank you for being yeah. here. Thanks for this being here. This is great. Thank you for and having me. Yeah. I'm, I like this idea. Well, good. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk to you today because I do feel like you've worn a lot of hats and, and done a lot of different things. So I think your perspective, you know, for, for newer actors is... Uh, is is going to be helpful. Yeah, I can put a mild a mild tone of despair in every aspect of show business. <laughs> so, let's start at the beginning. When did you when did you first know you wanted to be an actor and and you know, what was that like? Um, or I was a child. Okay. I was a I was a kid and I was really funny and I wanted to uh, <laughs> and I wanted to uh, be a comedian. Once I realized that Grown-ups could be funny. I didn't realize that until, I guess, like, like probably, like, sixth grade or something when I heard the first stand-up albums of, like, Carlin and Steve Martin. And then I was like, oh, this is actually a job. And that was the same time <laughs> I got noticed uh, Saturday Night Live and all that stuff. It was like, okay, so this could be a career. I could do this. If, I could, if I'm really funny, I could do this. And um, it was really just from that point, I just knew that that was where I was going to go. How old were you at that point? Probably that's, 12. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. That you knew that and you had the example and you saw it in front of you. Yeah, and I didn't come from a, a world where that was... There was one girl in our school that, like, later, like, when I was, like, 15, she was in the Goonies. Oh, wow. Yeah, Carrie something. She was, like, the, the lead girl in the Goonies. That was the only girl who had any kind of show business connections in my life at all. Like there were no, no family members, no anything, but I just saw that that girl was in the Goonies. I was like, all right, it's possible. I don't know how, (laughs) but it's possible. And, um, I actually ended up dating a girl in high school whose parents were friends with Billy Crystal's manager. Mm -hmm. And they also did something with the Smurfs. I was more impressed. (laughs) I was more impressed that they had some connection to the Smurfs. Than Billy Crystal. So there was like, you know, outside of New York, there was people that it's not really, you know, going into New York and trying to make it. It's whose parents knew whose right. manager or what, you know, right. that's how it all happens. Right? right. It's all people. So living right outside of New York, I guess it was, it was a little bit of that. So did you move to New York 
when did you make that? After I went to college, because everybody, my parents really wanted me to have a degree, and uh, which I think was good. I don't think, I don't think I was going to be like, I don't think skipping school and I think it gave me a good base for like how to run stuff, you know, how to be some kind of a little bit of a responsibility business kind of a head, I think is kind of valuable any way you can get it. So I think, so I went to school and then when I got out, I started working in this little advertising agency and I thought maybe I'd be an actor because I was acting in college, but I realized oh, people have to hire you to, <laughs> to do that. That's, that's, that's really horrible. <laughs> And, but I, I read in the Village Voice, if I got a couple friends to sit in the audience of the New York Comedy Club and pay the cover charge and drinks, that I could go on stage for five minutes. And oh, wow. uh, yeah, all my friends were alcoholics. So, <laughs> so I would drive them into the city and they, I would get on stage and they would get hammered. And, oh my uh, God. And that's how, yeah. And I was like, well, I'm not, forget acting for now. So this is right, this is just post-college? Is this... Yeah, this is, yeah. Uh, I graduated in 90, and this is uh, June 12th, 1993 was the first time I was on stage. Were you living, you were still living in New Jersey, or you were in New York? I was living in New Jersey. Uh-huh. Just, you know, it was all up in, like, Bergen County, which is, like, 20 minutes from the city. Uh-huh. So we would just cruise into the city And you were working at this time. ad firm, but at yeah, night you'd go... And then I would, at night I would go into the city, and I realized, I figured... All I have to do is make enough money in stand-up where I can, where that equals what I'm making in advertising, and then I can jump. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually moved into the city before I could jump. I would commute back to New Jersey to work during the day, and then I had, we had an apartment in in uh, in New York. But it happened pretty quickly. I I didn't have a job for very long. Once I started, I went pretty quick in stand-up, and I got a gig hosting they wanted a comedian to host something for doer scotch where they're trying to get young people to drink and they needed a host and it was like three or four shows a week for like a month and that blew away my advertising money so uh that was it i left that and then i i didn't work again i remember being i remember walking to central park like this is gonna be so great it's just gonna be me and the other comedians in central park and it was just thousands of people in the middle of the day in central park i was like wait how do these guys get to have love during the day i thought everybody else worked but comedians right. <laughs> so stupid i'd love to ask you about because i've talked to you about this before mm-hmm. i remember when you were when you were doing that first show that you mentioned when you first came out here for nbc mm-hmm. you it was like months of casting i remember like you it was or it seemed like a really long time as you were casting a pilot because i yeah. think casting a pilot is a huge thing and takes a long time yeah and I was fascinated then and I'm fascinated now by sort of what stands out to you as you know the people that come in and uh get people to notice them you know Mm -hmm. the the people that get the callbacks the actors that that do things that get them noticed like yeah what you know are there things that you can speak to on that yeah it's an amazing it's a it's an amazing process because it's so uncomfortable for everybody Mm-hmm. for the casting person, for the actor, for the person reading with them. It's just an awkward, uncomfortable, mm-hmm. no one knows should we shake hands, no one know, <laughs> no one wants to see anyone's rejection, no one wants to see b- bad people. <laughs> you're just hoping. My friend had a great line that when you're, when you're casting for a show, you're thinking, where is everybody? 
And when you're trying to get a show, you're thinking, why doesn't anyone know where I am? (laughs) (laughs) And you're really, that's all it really is, is just waiting for that moment. It's not like, it's not like people come in and just read slightly better than somebody else. They come in and they're just whatever we've been talking about casting writing wise and of this vision of this guy, of this girl who's going to come in, who's, what this role is, you don't really know until it walks in. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very seldom is it like someone comes in and like, oh, she was really good, but she read it a little bit. It's mm-hmm. No, she walked in. She was charming. She was funny. She mm-hmm. was comfortable. She was confident. Mm-hmm. And she read the stuff and she surprised us. And then she walked out and you're like, oh, okay. She just, she was just here. That, I really believe that uh, confidence is probably just to be sure of yourself. Yeah. I've been, I've, I've had people walk in who were like big actors who weren't right for the role at all, but they walked in like, you're lucky to have me here. Mm-hmm. Not arrogant, but you know. Mm-hmm. You're lucky that I'm here, and let's read it. And this was yeah. great. Thank you guys very much. I've been through this before. I'll see if you call. Maybe I'll see you in a month. Maybe I'll see you in never. Right. You know what I mean? And they, But they just kind of were comfortable. Yeah. It's almost like watching television. It's like if you see someone on TV and they're sweating and uncomfortable, you don't want yeah. them in your living room. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Someone that's relaxed and makes you feel at ease. Yeah. I think feel like that comes from confidence and I think that that's a big part I think that's a big part of you know that's uh, you know it's I don't mean to discount skill of an actor or skill of all that stuff but just being comfortable in your skin even if you're making up the skin that the skin is a role this isn't really you but at least you're but you're still comfortable in whatever you created yeah from your walk to the from the garage into the room uh is super super important I was going to say, and you kind of, you touched on that a little bit by, you know, having, almost faking it till you make it essentially. Yeah. But as a young actor who doesn't have, or a new actor who doesn't Mm -hmm. have that skill behind them that essentially builds up your confidence as you're going along. Yeah. Or experience behind them. them. Yeah. Because they should have the skill. I mean, let's. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But But there is, I do think, I I know what you're talking about because you do meet people and they just ooze confidence in this way where like, God, I wish I could have that too, you know? Yeah. I remember like, I remember there was like uh, Jay Moore, you know, Jay Moore is, he's, he would. When I was coming up, he was ahead of me, but there were stories about him. He got on a Jeff Foxworthy show, like Who Wants to Be a Redneck, whatever that, Mm -hmm. I don't know what kind of show it was, but there was a story (laughs) that he walked into the room and he had them all laughing and he was killing and the executives were, and he opened the door and said, told all the other actors, you guys can go, this is mine now. (laughs) And he shut the door and I was like, holy cow, that's what you have to be. You've got to be that ballsy and that dynamic. And it's not really true. You don't have to be. It's very few people that can do that. Yeah. And especially when you're young and starting, you don't even know who you are. You don't know how this works. Mm-hmm. You know, the first time you even fly to L.A. for something. I mean, it's all such a, uh, a a difficult thing to navigate. But I think like everything, everything, if you over, over prepare and you know it, that will give you confidence. It's when you walk in and you're kind of you kind of uh, know the material or you kind of know the directions to the studio or you kind of know where you're going to park or you kind of know if you really, and it sounds stupid, but I mean, this is your, this is what you want to do. You got to put everything into it. 
you have to plan everything. When am I going to shower? When am I going to wear? When am I going to, what, how am I going to get there a half hour before in case I have to go to the bathroom or what? I mean, you have, and then know the material as much as possible. Stand up and say it aloud. I mean, if you get, if you're uber prepared for stuff, it kind of takes the fear out, which can <laughs> enable you to fake some confidence. I love that. Do you find that at this point in your career that you're, you know, prepping and, you know, essentially what you're talking about is being really prepped for yeah. everything. Do you have that process similar no. to the beginning or is it changed because you're now in a different place I'm still place an artist. I'm still an actor and a comedian. I'm still a mess. <laughs> it's a hard thing to do. What yeah. I just described is yeah. a very hard thing to do. Yeah. Especially now at my, where I'm at now, they send me an audition and it's for something I'm not really that excited about. And my whole thought is, do I want to ruin my night preparing for this? Yeah, right. And then go in, in the room tomorrow. I can't write in the morning. I got to do, ah. And so then I got to just tell, figure out, all right, am I going to really do it or am I going to half-ass it? And then sometimes I'm like, they know who I am. I'll just roll in. And I don't go in prepared. And then you're in the room. And that same kid that started out in my first auditions is all of a sudden back in the room. They're like, oh, I thought... He's that guy from behind the candelabra. I thought he was a good actor. And I'm up there like <laughs> looking at my sheets and, you know, losing it. And yeah. it's 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 a basic thing. One of the biggest things I find in stand-up and acting and all this stuff, and it probably pertains to other stuff, but you have to constantly tell yourself these things, these lessons over and over and over again. I yeah. sit down with comedians who are 20 years in the business longer than I am. And we sit around and we tell each, we talk about writing and we talk about what you have to do for a gig. And we talk, all we're doing is reminding ourselves of all the little lessons that you learned that if you didn't keep talking about and keep refreshing, you lose them. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You really have to yeah. constantly re-educate yourself on yeah. what you're doing. Otherwise, uh, it's all slippery stuff. You know, it's all stuff that you can definitely, uh, that can fall through the cracks and then you end up, you know, just not being as good. I, I love everything you're saying yeah. so much. And it, well, it's it, very intelligent. Yes, stuff. it's very intelligent. <laughs> it is. Um, but I went through a time in my career after I'd maybe been here for like eight or nine years where I thought I shouldn't have to prepare so much anymore, you know? Yeah. And I, and I, I knew <laughs> yeah. actors who didn't seem to and got jobs. So I thought, well, I'm sure I'm now at that stage yeah. also. And I think back on it, it was like a dark couple of years <laughs> where like I went in on auditions and I was not good mm -hmm. and I was not prepared and it felt terrible. Like what you're saying, mm -hmm. I felt like that nervous kid. So yeah, it's like, yeah. You, I love what you're saying about like, A, you have to be prepared, you know, and B, you have to keep reminding yourself of it. Those are and you have good... to realize that it's just, look, it's very uncomfortable. It's like yeah. working out. It's like, who wants to go yeah. work out? Yeah. Nobody wants to yeah. work out. It's going to hurt. <laughs> I'm going to be sweaty. It's going to ruin my day. It's going to be all of it. But you got to do it to get to yeah. the end result. And I remember I remember being in an early, early audition, like a voiceover or something. And I'm sitting in the waiting area with F. Mary Abraham, mm -hmm. who... You know, he was nominated. He was, right. he, I mean, he wasn't far off of doing Amadeus at the time. Right. And he's just sitting there with his pages. Yeah. Going into audition. And I was like, oh, okay. So this is never going to end. 
You know what I mean? I make jokes when I go into audition now. Like, um, normally I don't read. Right. <laughs> normally I don't because now when I like cast shows I did a pilot a couple of years ago and so many of the people it's an agent move really to make you want them more they'll say well um, yeah Carrot Top uh, he'll come in he'll meeting only he won't read mm-hmm. oh geez he'll meet with us though okay he's not going to read the lines it's you know what I, it's uh, it's it's a tactic it's a tactic for yeah. sure but ultimately, they all have to read. You all have to do it. They all have to go to network and do it. So right. all that stuff is just pretend. Just sh- shut up and spend the night <laughs> going over your lines and right. do the best you can. Right, right. And, and, and yeah, and be a little prepared. And don't don't buy a coffee and drive with your coffee and have it spill on you on the way in. <laughs> just do all those little things. Just get out of your way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then you probably won't get it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know that's why I think that's why I hit that eight year mark because I had so many nights of being like, no, I can't go out to dinner with those group of friends or yeah. no, I can't, you know, because you're because yeah, you're just, prepping. Yeah. You're always yeah. You know, last minute cancellation. Yeah. But the reward is big when it comes, you know, so, I would love for them yeah. just to give me two days. I hate when they're like, we I have know. a thing for you tomorrow at yeah. 10 a.m. Well, really? I know. How about let me know on for Friday? Right. Why can't? do that that's well, I, guess I don't do know so, yeah they're all yeah. frantic my thing was always when they say prepare these three scenes and then you get there and they say we're only going to read one scene Ugh. that was always I know I, I or even worse is when the person before you did all three and you did one and they're like thank you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's I got it <laughs> back to LA what what do you what what would you say you know in your estimation is kind of the, the good parts of living in LA for an actor and the not so good parts. It's all, it's, it's all around us, you know, yeah. I mean, how many times you meet people and you're like, Oh, you're, you're an accountant. You're not, yeah. not for the studios. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? It's everybody is living and breathing it, which kind of makes the place sick, but it also <laughs> is pretty great. You know I mean? Yeah. You can, I, I've, I've gotten stuff just because I was around, yeah. you know, where, People in New York, it was like, and there's, it's changed. It's definitely, there is more stuff in New York now, but there's still more here. And I literally have gotten calls like, can you come in and do Conan tomorrow? Yeah. And just because you're around, you can go and do it. You know, show business is all here. And it's kind of, you really, if you're in it, you might as well be in it. You might as well jump in and be excited that you're seeing that guy from Full House at the, in the diner <laughs> yeah. next to you, right. and knowing that you can, you're gonna, your kids are gonna go to school with producers and writers, and auditioning is is uh, is one thing to focus on, but another thing is just to meet as many people as you can, yeah, and be friends with writers and be friends with people and do shows and do whatever you can and be part of this community. That's how you get more work than anything, and it's not a big schmooze fest. It's not like you gotta go hang out with a cocktail and be like. You know, be involved in stuff here. If it's at a dog park or if it's taking yoga or if it's doing whatever, you just meet people and be open to. We, as actors, I think you get, you want to protect yourself so you close yourself off and you just, but you really should be open and meet people and do stuff. I mean, not only will it help you act, but meeting people is a huge thing. That's how my friend ended up in Goonies. You know it, right? I mean, her parents knew someone and she got in the room that way. Yeah, yeah. In LA, you could have an opportunity to meet a lot of people. Yeah. 
it seems any way you can participate, I think, is is a good thing to do. Yeah, I love that. I do too. It's you know that saying. It's like some friends, like grandma, said it to her or something of like, you can marry anyone. You might as well marry a rich person. Right. You know? So like this is like you can be friends with anyone. You might as well be friends. You know, like they're. That's not the saying exactly, but like you might as well have your friends be in the same business as you are. Yeah. Because then you're all. You know, yeah. yeah, and it's a you know, I understand if you're not like you know, there's certain people who go to bars and meet people easily and get drunk and have yeah. a you know, the life of the party, and there's others like myself who you know, you just want to like sit and talk to one person, so yeah, it's, it doesn't seem like <laughs> that big of a thing, but but you know, there's other ways to just meet people and yeah, and uh, and be around. I think that you know, look, we're in now, I when we've gone through this crazy rain season and uh i turned to my friend and i was like if you're not on tv and the sun's not out why are you here (laughs) i mean that's why right i mean that's why we're here either i'm walking the dog with no shoes on in february or i'm going to be a part of show business (laughs) but i love i love what you're saying too though because it it is about sort of this a big thing of what Jen and I talk about is like living your life here, you know, creating yeah. a life for yourself. That's yes, you're in show business, but you're also meeting people and going out and exploring different aspects of yourself, which ultimately yeah. all leads back to your, your person as an actor and who you are. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I remember Alec Baldwin and I did an interview for, uh, for my podcast and he said, if he had been out here, he like hated on LA when he was here and then, you know, went back to New York. And he said if he had, if he could do it again, he would get really involved with all the stuff that's available to you. Screenings, talks mm. by actors, you know, anything through the unions where yeah. they're like putting up a, having a talk or bringing in an actor to talk about this or doing a screening of this or whatever. He, he said, I would have taken more advantage of all that stuff. Oh, that's so good. It was yeah, good advice that I never took, but yeah. it's, it sounded cool. Yeah. <laughs> what was a moment in your career as you were, you know, working your way up where you were like, wow, this is something that I really wanted and I just got it. And this is, this is kind of it. This is the, like, you know, if you were acting with someone or you had a, a certain show that you wanted to get or. Um, I guess it was getting the first pilot. I think it was that. I think it, you know, it's kind of a trick, not a trick question, but it's kind of, uh, it's kind of difficult to answer because I knew the first time I did stand up that that night when I did that open mic, that that's what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And it really didn't matter what the success was going to be. I was, that's what I was, that's what I was going to do. I was just going to be a comedian. Uh, and, you know, you need affirmation and you need stuff to keep you going and all that. But business-wise, like, okay, maybe I am actually going to do something in the in this arena was when I got the, the first call. I did Conan. It was the first time ever on Conan. And uh, we got a call the next day that the people from NBC had been watching the feed from L.A. This is when Conan was in New York. And, uh, and they asked me to come out and they said, do you have any ideas for a TV show? they love my set and I was like yeah I got ideas (laughs) book me a flight and I'll come up with it (laughs) but I was like okay and you know there's that there was a weird thing too where I got a commercial for something like right before that and I remember 
um, someone had told me, uh, you when you're coming up, you're not sure, like you always hear like, oh, the camera loves somebody or they you look okay, but you, you never know unless you do something. And once I had a, this commercial, a friend of mine who'd been an actress for a long time was like, oh no, yeah, you can do it. That's what commercials are. They're, that's saying that you, that yeah. you, you can't be on a screen and you're not going to repulse people. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, so that's, it really gave me confidence. Like, oh, I guess I could be on a TV show then because Heineken doesn't, <laughs> doesn't mind my face being in their ad. Like, cause you don't know yeah. what you're going to look like on that. I think that's an accurate right? assessment. The commercial <laughs> yeah. is sort of the gateway to, you know. Yeah. Cause you're figuring yeah. out all that stuff the along same, the way. Same people sort of advertisers deciding if you're. Yeah. 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 Like since I was a kid, I was like, when I found out that the Fonz on Happy Days was shorter than I was when I was watching the show, I got all nervous. I was like, oh, I didn't know actors were small. <laughs> So this is it? I'm not going to be able to be an actor? <laughs> I was horrified. But then I found other people that were taller. <laughs> but you go through that, right? I was like, but I have a scar in my cheek. No one's going to want to put that into me. <laughs> this has been amazing. We always like to end with a question, which is just something we call an LAism. If you have any, if you have like an LAism that you can think of, which is just basically like, a term or a phrase or a thing that's unique to LA. That's like something you hear or see here that you don't. Uh, an LAism is if you're talking to someone from LA, you can be anywhere in the country. Like if you're in New York or if you're doing a shoot in New Orleans, or if you're in Vancouver, when two people from LA talk to each other, they always say, uh, out here. They always say, well, yeah, we're, yeah, well, you know, I came out here. They're in New Orleans. They're in New Orleans. But LA people are so self-obsessed that they even think it's still out here means, well, you and I, we're LA. This is out. Like they, right. <laughs> you're not on God, sunset. I never thought of that. It's true. Yeah. They always say, well, when I came out here in 95, yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> We're at the Jersey Shore right now, yeah. but we both know you're talking about L.A. and we'll accept right. it and not correct each other because we God, know it's the most important true. place. <laughs> that's true. Uh, Pete and I do that when we're on the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, hilarious. Yeah. When are you guys going to come out? We've been out here for a long time. <laughs> in Minneapolis? No. I mean, you know, L.A. Duh. L.A. <laughs> Tom, thank important you so place. much. Yes. This has just been great. Was that enough? Are you okay? Yes, thank this you. is great. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. And if you want to know more about Tom Papa, go to TomPapa.com for his tour dates and his podcasts and everything Tom. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. <laughs>